Hello and welcome to Dateline New Haven. I'm your host, Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines on the stories that make New Haven tick. Michael Stern is making New Haven tick with a new book about what's staring down on us every day in New Haven. And we don't notice it. The what is gargoyles, scares of them, funny ones etched in stone, inspiring one perhaps, all on Yale's gothic buildings. Welcome, Michael, and a special thanks to Yale New Haven Hospital for Thank providing you. support for today's program. Nice to have you in the studio, man. Thank you so much. Glad I'm gonna, to be here. Yeah, I'm going to ask you to get a little closer to the mic, but you're doing a good job there. All right. So, Mike, you wrote a new book, and I read it. Yeah. And more importantly, I looked at it because it's a it's heavily photograph-driven, but also interestingly written. It's called Yale's Hidden Treasures, Mystery of the Gothic Stone... Um, carvings. Carvings, right. I mistyped it here. So how did you come... And this is about the gargoyles we see, which are the kind of funny little pictures of sculptures in stone that you find in nooks and crannies and above archways and off the side of walls above your head or way up in the sky on Yale's Gothic Builders built around a century ago. Michael, how did you come to write a book like this? Well, I was born and grew up in New Haven, and I was always uh, enamored with Yale architecture. And so I, a lot of times I just walk through the campus and, you know, sit down and relax. And uh, it's just a, a special place for me, even though I, I didn't go to school there. Uh, and I've always noticed these, these uh, statues, uh, uh, carvings, and, and so forth. And um, the more I meandered through the campus, the more of them I noticed. And a lot of them are high up and... and um, one of the reasons that I notice so many of them is because I'm so infatuated with the place. I think a lot of people, especially students, they're they're so involved in their You're own campus life. So busy going lives. to day to day and get your next yeah. appointment, you don't realize that there's the kids yeah. falling asleep and yeah. a sketching above their head as they yeah. walk through the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You know, and, and um, uh, they're busy. So, Michael, how old were you when you first started noticing the gargoyles? I was in my teens. In your teens, yeah. and you're going to what high school? Went to Hampton High. Okay. And then uh, what brought you downtown? I um, graduated from New Haven College, which was, that's what it was called at the time. It's the University of New Haven now. And I was a journalism major, and I was a reporter for the New Haven Register, and I wanted to get involved in in, uh, marketing and advertising, and there wasn't that much of an opportunity in New Haven. So uh, I had a friend that lived in Boston. I used to go visit him, and I liked it. And it's not quite as... uh, uh, intimidating as New York City. So I moved up there and I got a job with uh, the marketing department of Dunkin' Donuts Corporate right outside of Boston. And I uh, also uh, was a part-time reporter for the Boston Globe. And I uh, ended up working for a couple of uh, big-time advertising agencies on Newbury uh, Street. And after 20 years, you know, that was enough. It's a livable city. And I lived in Beacon Hill. But um, it was time to come back home, and my folks were getting on in years, and I wanted to visit them, and, and all my friends that I grew up with are here. So I moved back, and uh, I came back in 1991, and uh, I've been here ever since, and, and I really do like it here, especially living downtown. Where do, what did you write? What did you cover for the Register? <coughs> are we talking uh, 1960s? 68, and that's when they were located. Oh, my God, right, oh, when yeah. all that stuff was happening, oh, yeah. and all the protests. Oh, the yeah, I covered that, and I was a staff photographer also. And I started out city side. I was covering the the, the uh, uh, fire and police reports and so forth, and and uh, that that May Day. Uh, you covered uh, May Day. Yeah. What yeah. was your, What did you write about? 
I didn't write. I just covered it photographically. Wow. Uh, and I got uh, I got uh, gassed a couple of times in, in the process. You know, wow. uh, it was really, it was something what was going on downtown on the green, the, the Bobby Seale trial. Right. Oh, my God. And um, um, so uh, after that, I... Um, uh, I uh, had my own beat in in uh, in suburban, uh, uh-huh. suburban beat, uh, Wallingford primarily, and then I uh, went on from there. You know, and, and what have you been doing in New Haven since '91? Besides um, looking at gargoyles yeah. in your buildings, <laughs> uh, I photographed products for advertising. That's something I found my way into uh, when I was working for the ad agencies in Boston, and and I was always a photographer. Uh, but that particular um, specialization in photography I really really liked and uh, it's a love and a passion so that's what I've been doing ever since trying to build up um, you know some clientele and so forth it's difficult around here because there's just not that many um, product manufacturing companies around here anymore you know AC Gobert is a classic example they're gone Mike uh, at what point did you say I'm going to do a book about gargoyles at Yale about six or seven years ago um I was actually starting to take some pictures of them and so forth, and I was just wondering what they meant after seeing so many of them. And so I said, you know, I'm just going to go into uh, uh, Barnes & Noble and see if there's any information about them. There was no books on them. Then I went into the Yale Library, no books on them, nothing. I said, you know, this is bizarre. So I had a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, uh, look into the uh, Library of Congress. They had nothing. There's been books on Yale architecture, but nothing on the, on these uh, stone carvings. That's my favorite part of the architecture at Yale, are those hard-to-notice revelatory details, sort of like growing up Mad Magazine and reading Spy yes. vs. Spy or the stuff, you know, the marginalia drawings. or Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's, what I, that's what attracted them to me also. But I got to tell you, Paul, be careful to call them, uh, not to call them gargoyles because gargoyles are generic. And uh, it comes from the word gargle, throat. And uh, gargoyles basically had two, two uh, functions. One, they were a water runoff, just like on the, on the uh, fountain, on, on the uh, church and chapel on the green, where you see water coming out of a lion's mouth. Well, that, that, that's a gargoyle. And the other purpose of gargoyles is they're, they're half man, half, half uh, animal. They're these grotesque-looking creatures. And they're supposed to scare evil spirits away. That's what gargoyles are. Well, some of these are, like you have the yes. donkey head. On yes, the- yes, there are many. There are many gargoyles, uh, but not none of them were designed by James Gamble Rogers. He was the architect that uh, was hired uh, in 1917 to, to build 16, to design and have built the 16 Gothic campus buildings at Yale. Before that, it was a, it was a small campus. Mm-hmm. And all those stone carvings that you see on the on the gothic buildings at yale none of them are gargoyles they're I thought, all but there was that one that half donkey half that's not a gargoyle okay that that's what made me write but the you book. said half human half beast that is half human half beast. yeah you're right technically but you're the right purpose isn't to scare Ex- no exactly uh, so that's what makes it not a gargoyle exactly exactly and there's a reason for it so i saw it. he's the first one i saw that i said you know i gotta find out this is really there's some reason that that particular carving was done it's not generic no no one would do a generic carving of a of a man in a a tuxedo tie and tails with the head of a donkey Uh, (laughs) you know there's a reason for it you you don't order it you don't call the you know you you don't call the uh uh, the allied uh stone carving company statuary company in in, uh uh uh, in arizona uh to, to order one out of a catalog 
And then I noticed next to him, there were four other carvings. And they all had the bodies of men and the heads of different animals. One was a parrot, one was an owl, one was a, a bulldog, one was a, a wolf. And I said, no, there's some reason behind this. And so off I went to try to find out what the reason was, and I couldn't find out. So I said, okay, um, I guess uh, I'll just have to uh, just enjoy looking at them and let it go with that. And then I spoke to a, a gentleman who was a, uh, a Yale alum, a very well-known fellow. Can I mention his name? Mm-hmm. Cheever Tyler. Mm-hmm. I love, of- I'm going to get later. I think he has the best line in the book. <laughs> he does. Yeah. He does. Uh, and I asked him what he knew. And he said, you know, I've seen those things. I don't have a clue. He said, why don't you write a book about it? I said, Cheever, I, I'm a copywriter. I, I don't author books. He goes, well, maybe you should. So I said, well, all right. I, I was semi-retired. I said, okay, you know, let me start looking into it. I went into the, uh, the Yale archives, and I didn't think the public, it was open to the public, but believe it or not, it is. And they did a background check on me and so forth. They wanted to know what, what, what information I needed and why I needed it. So I gave them all of that. And so I started looking through all the information that I could find. Um, and, and a lot of their archival material is stored out in Hamden in a temperature control building. So I had to wait a couple of days. You fill out a form and you wait a couple of days. They notify you when the material comes in. All of a sudden I realized why no one had ever done a book on, on these stone carvings because there's no information on them. Mm. And come to find out that uh, James Gamble Rogers, the architect, who designed all those carvings, um, it was very stoic. He was an excellent architect, as you can see. But uh, he was very stoic. He didn't say much. And he was, uh, but he had this, this comical, satirical side of him, of his personality, sort of like his alter ego. And he expressed that side of his personality in those carvings. And that's why those carvings are as comical and satirical as they are. They all have to do with education at Yale in one way or another. And, and, we're, and we're talking about not the gargoyles, the carvings. Correct. The correct. brilliant and often humorous carvings that are etched into Yale's Gothic buildings with Michael Stern, the author of a new book called Yale's Hidden Treasures, Mystery of the Gothic Stone Carvings here on Dateline New Haven, 103.5 FM, live streamed at newhavenandpen.org. So architect James Gamble Rogers designed these carvings that were actually done by Italian scone cutters whom the New Haven lured over because of their expertise from Italy at the, in the early 1900s, they became the foundation, I believe for our thriving Italian American community, especially for the Amalfi region. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, there are more Amalfitanos now, I believe here than in Amalfi. Which I've been to, it's a beautiful place. Yeah. Um, so you're talking about this playful sense of humor. So some of what I had never noticed before. So I've noticed some of them. We've all noticed some of them. Yeah. But it's always when someone points out something you haven't seen for 50 years as you've worked around or 40 years and looked up. Like um, at the Yale Law School building is one big part of your book. Yeah. And I never noticed the sleeping student who has litter, liquor bottles and cobwebs and mice all around him. Not outside the Yale Law School, but when you step inside in an outer entrance between the outside and the vestibule. Yes. And uh, you found that one. And then all around you found these ones I never noticed, these sort of marginalia on the buildings of like about the criminal justice system. Robbers, a court jester, blinding justice. A judge is a bulldog. There's one dramatic shot that your photographer, David Ross, shot against the dark, stormy, almost stormy sky um, of the judge with the bulldog, which I thought really gave it a fierceness. And the lawyer is a parrot. You have battle scenes of pilgrims and Native Americans. And uh, so that's all just the law school. So it seems like Rogers had a theme about the law school. He did. 
Um, and his main, oh, how do you put it? Um, uh, he had something against people that slack off, known as slackers. I had never heard the term slacker. Uh, that was his pet peeve. Uh, I, I had heard the term slacking off, but I didn't, I, for whatever reason, I never heard of the term slacker. And there's a number of stone carvings, especially in the law building, because it has to do with the, the process of, of, of uh, the judicial system. And a number of them are slackers. And, uh, and he, 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 uh, he presented them in sort of a comical, satir- more satirical way. And he's got a, uh, for instance, he's got um, two uh, uh, pilgrims. And one's very devout and one's drunk. And they're like antagonists of each other. And uh, that, that's just his way of, of, of making fun of, of uh, slackers, people that slack off. I mean, how could you be a devout pilgrim and, and be drunk? <laughs> and, and yet, there it is. So uh, maybe some people walk by it and really don't, don't get it. And, and they couldn't unless they really, you know, looked into what's behind it. And then as you go over to Harkness Tower, and that's where I learned a lot in your book that I just no idea about. Um, the uh, Harkness Tower has a lot of these more straightforward carvings. They have famous people in Yale's history, Elihu Yale, Jonathan Edwards, John C. Calhoun, which I'm wondering if he's going to be scrubbed down when we oh, find yeah. out he's there. Um, you can't see a lot of that from the street, correct? They're kind of high up. Y- you can, but uh, unless you that's get a, a pair tall, of- That used to be the tallest tower in town, right? It was. It was the tallest. It was 216 feet tall. And the reason they made it 216 feet tall is going to 16 years at Yale, right? Exactly. It was 216 years but old. But are some of those kind of high up once you need binoculars? Some of them are way high up. So how did you see them? Did you go up in the air? Or? Um, I noticed them. Well, I gra- grabbed a pair of binoculars and I said, you know, a lot of these I really never looked that close at. And on top of which, I'm nearsighted. Mm. So, you know, I, I, at 74, you know, your eyesight isn't what it was when you were a kid. Uh-huh. And so I, I needed a, a pair of binoculars and I really started, well, you know, of course, once I started writing this book and doing some research on the book, I said, hey, I got to take a closer look at some of these things. And then and, another thing I had noticed, Davenport College, because I've been inside, it's residential college. There are all these interrelated sculptures of a surveyor, a mule rider, a se- senior bulldog procrastinating on a thesis. Yep. Back to his, the, his, uh, um, Rogers concern with slacking. Um, why do you think he came, why Davenport? There are a lot of residents of colleges. Why was that the one where he went to town with these carvings? Uh, that, that's a good question. Uh, I couldn't find that out exactly. And there's a lot of information that, uh, is just undiscovered and, and, uh, either you have to let it go or you have to just take an educated guess. But a lot of those carvings on Davenport college are likenesses of people that actually worked on the construction project. Oh, uh, uh, and, and that's why people think it was done as a joke, but it wasn't done as a joke. You, you know, you don't spend two weeks doing a stone carving as a joke mm-hmm. and without the, uh, the architect knowing about it, you'd, you'd be fired. You'd be in the unemployment you think it's a tribute. Yes. Yep. And, uh, for instance, there's a, there's a, a carving of, uh, uh, of a man using a transit and he was, uh, a transit. Yeah. Um, he was a surveyor. Okay. And he was, it shows him looking through the transit. And, uh, and your book has his name in it. His name is Chef, S H E F F. And they even put his, chiseled name his name right into the carving. And yeah. there's a number, and he's one of the people that worked on the, worked on the uh, project. 
And there's a number of them. Uh, the, the, the guy with the mule, believe it or not, he owned that mule and he, he drove to work every day on the mule. Wow. And so they did a carving of him. And, wow. uh, it, you know, a, a lot of... What kind of work did he do? That it didn't say. He was just a, one of the construction people. You know, the, the novelty with him is that he, you know, he drove a mule. He rode a mule to work every day. So they put him, they said, well, we got to put this guy up. This guy is a, is a classic. And yeah. so the, the, that's my guess. I mean, uh, you know. And then you, finally, on tr another thing I learned was about Trumbull College. There's a, hot, on uh, a second perch, there's a potty carving, a kid on a toilet. Yes. And every year you said a sophomore, since freshmen don't live in the college, climbs right. up to paint it a different color. I yes. never knew about that tradition. How'd you find out about that? Believe it or not, a, um, uh, one of the, uh, I, I, I don't want to call him a janitor, one of the maintenance people let me in to the, because I had heard about this carving. And I said, what's the story with this carving? And he said, I'll, I'll, come on, I'll let you in and I'll show you. I said, yeah, I want to take a picture of it. So he got me in a, in a bathroom, one of the public bathrooms on the second floor. And he said, there he is over there. And he opened the window and sure enough, so I said, well, what's the deal with this? He's, he's on a, he's on a, uh, he's on a toilet. <laughs> and uh, I said, what's the deal there? He said, well, uh, it's a satirical thing. And um, uh, a lot of people uh, uh, sort of re revolted against too much studying at Yale. So mm. he's got his back to the, to the Sterling Library, which is on the other side of Trumbull College. Yeah. So he's, fa he's got his back to, to the library, and he's, uh, you know, using the facility. And uh, it's just a, a part of the Yale lore that uh, every year uh, the uh, lowest-ranking class member, which is, of course, sophomores, as you said, they draw straws of some sort. And whoever draws the short mm. straw has to go out, climb out on the roof, believe it or not, with paint, and they, they, they paint them a different color. And so it, it, the detail is sort, of, um, is sort of lost because there's so many coats of paint on this carving, it's lost some of the detail. And, so, uh, Mike, you're a photographer. Why did you have David Ross take the pictures instead of you? Good question. Number one, I, don't, I didn't have the time to do both. Number two, I'm old school, and uh, I, I um, uh, do not have digital equipment. And it's really this day and age, you know, you don't shoot film anymore for a project like this. You got to go to New York to get it processed and, uh, and scanned. And yeah, I have to buy the film out of New York city. And, uh, on top of which I sold all my handheld equipment years ago to buy studio equipment, four or five studio equipment to shoot products. So I didn't have the equipment even if I wanted to. So, but that's a good question. And Dave's a, a super, super good photographer. So before we went out, Mike Stern, I love your book. I urge everyone to buy it because you're going to love it. You're going to feel a deeper connection to the city you live in. Yale's hidden treasure. He lets you behind the gate into the secrets of not gargoyles, carvings on Yale's building, the mystery of the Gothic stone carvings. Michael Stern, how do people get this book? You can go to the website and order it online. Uh, the website address is www.yaleshiddentreasures.com. And you just go to the um, uh, uh, go to the homepage and you click on order the book and order it right from the printer. You get a good deal on it. it's thirty four dollars. But Shiver Tyler, the local sort of retired attorney and man about town, a lot of boards and commissions, city father of a sort, he gave Michael the idea to write the book, and he has, in my opinion, the best line in the book in the foreword. Shiver Tyler writes that Michael's book teaches us that if we want to live full and fruitful lives. It pays to look up now and then. That's a message we can take with us, Michael Stern. Michael Stern, thank you so much for coming into the WNHH studio and telling us about your wonderful new book. 
I appreciate it so much. It was Gale's, a labor of love. Yale's Hidden Treasures, Mystery of Gothic Stone Carvings. Thank you for joining us today on Dateline New Haven. Thank you to Yale New Haven Hospital for providing support for today's program. We're going to be back in about five, ten minutes. We have a musical interlude with High Haven and Rabbi Michael Farben getting us ready for Passover. In the meantime, we're going to take it out with the Afro-Semitic experience performing I Wish I Knew How It Would Feel to Be Free from the group CD, A Plea for Peace. Now, we know what it's like to be free. We just got to remember to book our flight. Book your flight with us all day and all night long here at WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio. Thank you.